0: The Chicago Bears win a road game in Seattle with last-minute heroics. That victory, though, remains hollow for many fans. The team is now 5-10, with almost certainly a head coaching change and maybe more coming very soon. We'll discuss the win and debate some of the issues affecting the Chicago Bears on this issue of the Bear Debate. Hello everyone, I'm Aldo Gandia and welcome to another episode of The Bear Debate. You know how it plays by now, I hope you do, I hope you've watched the show before. We go 10 rounds, Tyler Ellis and John Buffon discuss some of the issues and sometimes it gets into some red hot debates. Let me uh, welcome in our combatants right now, let's start with John Buffon. John, how are you?
1: Uh, Doing well, Aldo, we're uh, we're coming off of a win, but I don't know if it really feels like a win, but hey, I'll take it at this point.
0: Yeah, I think at this point in the season, you take whatever you can get, and uh, then you look through the wreckage and uh, see what's salvageable for next season, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we got our metal detectors out. We're trying to find any little gemstone we can find in
2: week 16, 17,
0: 18. There you go. And here is Tyler Ellis. Tyler, how are you, brother?
2: I'm doing amazing, brother. The the Bulls are 21-10. and 10. They're on um, a game and a half out of first place in the Eastern. Oh, yeah. Oh, my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault.
0: There, 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 there,
2: there. Wrong shirt. Wrong here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. Just talk Bears.
0: <laughs> you know, it really is though. If you're a Chicago sports fan, it really is great to have the Chicago Bulls now to lean back on. You know, the Blackhawks have been playing fairly decent hockey, but they're not a com- uh, they're not going to be competing for a Stanley Cup. That's for sure. But the Bulls, you know, a lot of people were like, "Man, really happy." I think they could get into the playoffs. No, it's much better than that. The Bulls can get into the conference championship. So that's uh, great news, isn't it, guys?
1: It's phenomenal. Yeah, as, as, a new, as a new Bulls fan, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How many weeks has it been Aunt John, that you're on the bag? It's been about a good four
2: weeks, John. It's been about Yeah, a good, I was no, have since uh, since
1: about the season started, I decided that yeah. I was gonna, you know, I, I I declared. I I was like it was like one of those national signing days things where I had all the hats in front of me and I said, I'm throwing throwing my support behind the bulls because uh-huh. once I, said, I was always a free agent when it came to the NBA fandom, I grew up in Pittsburgh. There was no team there. So, uh, it was either going to be them or I grew up or I, you know, been living in the Philadelphia area. So I could have been the 76ers am closer to Baltimore. Now a lot of, uh, wizards fans there, but you know what? Just the bulls just felt right.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, You can't go wrong with the Bulls. Even when they've had their problems, they, they always seem to bounce back after a couple of years or so. So anyway, let's talk about football. That's why we're here. Let's start with round one of our debate questions. Nick Foles didn't play the finest game of his NFL career, but he did enough to win a game with his play and his leadership ability. The veteran saw his first action of the 2021 season. He threw for 250 yards, one touchdown, and turned over the ball just once with a lost fumble. Did the Bears screw up in bringing in Andy Dalton and his $10 million salary? John, we begin with you.
1: Well, yeah, but it didn't take until Nick Foles got put into the game to make that apparent. They already had Nick Foles under contract, and then they brought basically brought in another Nick Foles for $10 million. But the front office made it a point at the end of last year that they were going to address the quarterback situation. That whole press conference last year was about admitting that they screwed up the quarterback position and they were going to fix it. Well, they missed out on Russell Wilson. They weren't picking very high in the draft, so they had to do something. And so they threw ten million dollars at Andy Dalton, and were headstrong that he was the QB one.
2: I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, you never know how these things are gonna go. I mean, um, we didn't we didn't know we were, the bull, the Bears was gonna pull the the, the trigger for Justin Fields to trade up. I mean, Justin was like literally falling in the draft, and we said, are we gonna make a move? Did they make a mistake by getting Andy Dalton? I mean, we if we if if we say it's, it's hard to say that I'm gonna go over a little bit because Mike Glennon was like the 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 main quarterback free agent that year and there was a lot of teams after him. The Bears went after him, he didn't pan out at all, and we and now pace is that's on his record for going after Glennon. And so it just it's 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 really you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um they had to do something. And Andy Dalton can, can, is average at best. Can he can, um, I don't know if he can, he, he might be able to win you a couple of games, <laughs> but it is, it, it, it isn't, our problems were beyond just who was starting at quarterback. All the quarterbacks have started this year and Nick Foles just looked kind of good yesterday, the other week, but over, in a, in a competitive football game, when the game actually means something, no, none of our quarterbacks have really performed consistently enough. And so it, it really doesn't matter if the Ryan pace mess up because it's dead money if you don't spend it anyway. And it didn't look like Nagy and them had any um, chance to develop any quarterback for that matter.
1: Yeah. I just feel like that's $10 million you could have used elsewhere. You could have, you could have addressed it. You could have addressed the cornerback position. You could have addressed a number of different things with that $10 million. Maybe you're able to get an a rob deal done, uh, whether you think he should have been re-signed or not. I mean, that's, that's up to debate as, as in a, on its own, right? But I, I just feel like making a, move for the sake of making a move is just a bad call because like to your point Tyler yeah they went and got Mike Glennon he he was the hot commodity the Bears went out and got him and spent over 40 million dollars on him didn't work they went out and they spent a fourth round pick on Nick Foles didn't didn't really work they went out and they gave 10 million dollars to Andy Dalton it didn't work. So, I, I mean, we can say hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's just like they're not hitting on any of these guys. So, it's, it's like they're just really bad when it comes to free agent quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, this team has a long, long history of misfiring on quarterback choices. And so there's no doubt about it. My concern is, and and this is actually expressed by one of the Chicago local sportscasters, uh, and we're going to actually have his soundbite on the Dan and Aldo show, which begins at 9pm Central tonight, a special time. But he said that you know perhaps they looked for another veteran quarterback to come in because Matt Nagy was not uh so much in favor of of Nick Foles continually questioning his playbook, and we saw Foles last season on the sidelines getting into a beef with with the coach. We've seen, you know, this season that he was caught on camera saying this offense just doesn't work. Do you guys think that that might have had anything to do with bringing in a a veteran like Dalton because Foles was on the outs with Nagy?
1: Maybe. Uh, I mean, he's a – I mean, I would say – Matt Nagy does have an ego, uh, just just like every coach does, but some of them are better at not letting it get in the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I would say that if, if Nick Foles was constantly saying we should do this or we should do that, or maybe he wanted to have more control over the offense, and Matt Nagy says no, I'm I lead the offense just like they just like he said in his press conference. Everything goes through me. Everything goes through me. We all help out, but it all goes through me at the end. And so if Nick Foles is saying, hey Matt, and, and Nick Foles has that kind of cachet now because I think he's just playing with house money. He has a Super Bowl, he's a Super Bowl MVP, he's getting paid. He he's gonna say, yeah Matt, this offense sucks. Why don't you let me? Why don't you let me run it a little bit? And so that probably didn't rub the head coach the right way if that's if that's actually what happens. So mm-hmm. maybe they did say that we got to go get another veteran that can run my offense and is not going to go renegade
2: on it. But uh, who's mm-hmm. to say? But, it's, but what offense? Like what? Yeah, the, well, yeah. The, 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 the offense of three and out and nobody's really open because Nick Foles played competitive football before. And this is where I got to play devil's advocate because Nick Foles, a, a, prestige, a veteran with a good record, he challenged Matt Nagy. Ms. Trubisky never challenged Matt Nagy. Ms. Trubisky did every single thing that Matt Nagy told him to do and we crucify him for it. And it, it and it, it it just really sucks, John. At real talk, it just sucks because like you just said, Nick Foles said, Yo, bro, this sucks. I can't play like this. But Mr. just went out there and just did it. And we we will boo him or I didn't, but we will boo him or whatever. And I just had to put that out there. Yeah, because, I know. But I but I knew we all but John. Know. I, I have I have I have stuff recorded and I remember I'm like, bro, Nagy is hindering him. I was saying it for the longest time. And so it doesn't matter to veteran. It doesn't matter. Thank God we didn't give away four first-round draft picks. Remember all that stupid stuff we was talking during the offseason for Russell Westbrook and Carson Wentz and all these first-round picks we were going to give away. Like we kept think we keep we keep psyching ourselves out thinking that it's not the coach and it's the it's, it has to be the quarterback, right? It has to be the quarterback because Trubisky was horrible. But now you see what happens, it doesn't matter. It no, doesn't matter. It's- you're right. We're out
1: of scapegoats now. You're out of yes. you're out of excuses that you can't put it on the coach. I will say that Mitch's personality just overall was to be the good little soldier with all that. He was the, you know, oh gee, shucks. I'm just trying to do the right what's right for the team kind of thing. I don't think he was ever gonna. I don't think that regardless of who the coach is, he's ever going to snap back like that. I just don't think that's in I, at least he, right now, not in his makeup to do wait, that. I mean, and I just don't think he just didn't execute. Well, I don't know who could execute well in this offense, but he certainly didn't as well, and and so that that was probably the downfall. It's not like I don't believe that Trubisky was ever going to be the answer, but I also think that his head coach didn't do him any favors.
2: I mean, it's not about I know I know this another topic, but, I know that. Go ahead. but but it's like it's like he might not be the answer, but you got these Tyrod Taylor's and these Teddy Bridgewater's out there, and I feel like Mitch plays better than these guys, and so it's about your coach being able to do something with what you have. And so not talking about get off, getting, getting off Mitch. Let's just go to this year, Andy Dalton, who um, who filled in admirably for Dak Prescott in Dallas when, when he got hurt. And so Andy was to come over here, have a good year, revitalize his career, and go get a starting job somewhere else and be a stopgap. But, it, but nothing happened. Nothing no, nothing happened. Allen Robinson's a ghost. Mitch Trubisky got Allen Robinson 1,000 yards. But all of a sudden, we're going to get in two or three targets a game. And so it'd be different if Darnell Mooney had 900 plus yards, but he, Darnell Mooney doesn't have that. And so it's completely going down, downhill. Finally, we got the tight end involved, but at what sacrifice? At what sacrifice? The fact that we don't score points in the first quarter, in the first half, more than half our games?
1: Yeah, I don't think. I think we're just, we're, we're doing the same dance just to a different song where as always it comes back it's gonna get just we all understand that the coach is a big 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 part of this now the quarterback play hasn't been you know elite but the coach is the main reason
2: that a lot of this is not working which is the definition of insanity doing yeah. the same thing expecting a different result.
0: Yeah, I just heard, uh, by the way, through the chat room of that we lost uh, legendary head coach John Madden today. He died yeah. unexpectedly, and that's sad, sad news for football fans, gamers, the family. John Madden, uh, a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, figure in sports and entertainment and, and and in addition we were dedicating this show to Jeff Dickerson uh who passed away today the longtime ESPN writer uh it's a very very sad what he went through dying of colon cancer just two years after his wife died of cancer uh they're survived by a nine-year-old son so very very sad news hate to bring that put that into the middle of the show but I wanted to make sure I didn't forget uh, guys, I mean, we could talk uh, for uh, hours on that one issue uh, in in uh, round one, but let's move on now to round two. Justin Fields was in a walking boot all of last week and did not practice. Now, if he is still unable to play Sunday versus the Giants and Andy Dalton is back from his injury, who should the Bears start at quarterback, Nick Foles or Andy Dalton? Tyler, we begin with you.
2: I mean, I would guess it depends on what's the goal. Is the goal to win the game? Is the goal to I don't know. Andy Dalton, I mean, um, Nick Foles looked better than Andy Dalton has in, in my recent memory. So Andy, um, Nick Foles should start the game. Period. In the story. We talked about Justin Fields playing. I didn't we we said it a couple weeks ago. We don't want Justin Fields hurt. I don't want Justin Fields going to the offseason with an injury that he doesn't get to train like he wants to train. If Annie Dalton's healthy, it doesn't do anything. Like, bro, you already shown what you are. <laughs> does it really matter? Does it
1: does it does the needle move? One way or the other, if Nick Foles or Andy Dalton squares off against Mike Glennon in what might be the least enthralling matchup of all time, if I have to pick, I guess I'll take Nick Foles because maybe there's a slight chance the Bears decide to bring him back next year as a backup for some continuity in the quarterback room. His cap hits a little over $10 million next year. And with Justin Fields on his rookie deal, that's not a huge investment in quarterback. So I guess give me Foles. But if it's not Justin Fields, it doesn't really matter to me either way.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, though, um, and this was, uh, again, one of the local reporters talking, I believe it was Kevin Fishbane, said that um, perhaps one of these veteran quarterbacks would give the Bears a better opportunity to evaluate some of the players on this team because they apparently run the offense better than Justin Fields. So at the sacrifice of giving Fields the snaps for two games, uh, if perhaps you wanted to make a proper evaluation of Demir Bird and some of the other players on this team, perhaps you didn't have a veteran quarterback starting the last two games. You guys want, want to comment on that?
2: And so, and so with that real quick, it's, it's not the fact that Justin doesn't know how to run the offense. Justin only knows one offense. Nick Foles has been other places. He's playing outside the scheme. He's like, F you, Nagy. I'm going to this open guy over here. Nick Foles is playing football. And that's what a veteran brings to the table. And so it's not about the veteran guy; it's about the fact that they, the, the the offense is inept, and the fact that i um, Andy, I'm um, Andy, or whoever. But even Andy, bro, even Andy's last start, I, it was like non-impressive. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what do what do you, you What decisions? What decisions are that? Like, Andy should have had like three, or four interceptions, two or three interceptions in the first like couple of drives. And so it it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna get excited over the last two games of the season because I'm not. I've already. Did. I said I wouldn't get emotional about this anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. but John, I, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Yeah. I just I just feel like it doesn't matter. To
1: me, it's it's like, do you want or do you care more about the development or seeing what you got in someone like Demir Bird, or do you care about Justin Fields getting reps in an NFL game? And that brings it down to, does it matter if he's getting the reps with Matt Nagy's system or it? I think it does just to get up to the NFL speed. I think that does matter. And so I think that developing your quarterback would probably be more important than to see w- what you got in some of these other guys, because if Justin Fields fails, it's not going to matter if Demir Bird turns out to be a pretty solid uh, wide receiver. So I-, I think that having him out there is-, is more important because you need to see what you have in your future, unless he's not a hundred percent. Then you put him on the bench. There's no I'm, need to I'm, risk him if he if he's I'm done
2: with John, 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 I'm done. I'm yeah. done. with. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't <laughs> I don't want, I want I'm done. I don't want him back on the field. Just put him in the damn bubble wrap. The rest of it. I don't want this guy to tear damn ACL on a stupid game. that doesn't matter. One little thing with the ankle, one little thing with a twist. And that's a wrap. And not only is he out for the offseason, he's out for next year, which means that that lowers the, the type of coach that may want to come here. Like, at the end of the day, Justin Fields is the bargaining chip. He is the shiny thing that coaches take. This coach is watching saying, man, I can do something. I can do something with that. Mm-hmm. I can do something with that team. I don't want – no, keep Justin off the damn field. It's not about experience. You don't get this man hurt. We got tackles that are learning their position. We got tackles getting their first, second, fourth string start, which is fine. Justin getting hurt during the offseason, it, it will be a catastrophe because there's, Nagy will be gone, but Justin will be hurt. So you'll yeah. be thinking about Nagy. Let's <laughs> just be done with it all together. We'll,
1: we'll just keep blaming him like we keep, we'll keep blaming Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> just, we we'll just keep blaming people that aren't part of the organization anymore.
0: Oh, but, but Tyler, by that philosophy, then would you play him in preseason games next season? I mean, he could get hurt in a preseason game. He can get hurt but, in the but, shower.
2: On the on the contrary, it should be a brand new offense next offseason. Yes, he should play in the offseason. But I'm saying, I'll, this offense has been shown – To not really be successful, and he keeps getting injured. I feel like Matt Nagy's um, tyranny should be over with when it comes to the development, because if you wanted to develop him, you should have done that last offseason. But okay, you didn't do it during all that offseason. He had no reps out of Robinson. Okay, cool, fine. But now we're not blocking for him correctly. Justin, Justin is still going through his rookie roles, so Justin's going through his rookie roles. But now he has to take on the lack of head coaching experience. So Justin's fighting many, many battles. Not Justin just can't worry about his rookie mistakes. He's going against head coaching mistakes, offensive line mistakes, which is going to lead us to not having our guy ready week one. I don't want to. I just don't want to deal with that. I, I know he can get hurt anywhere, Otto. I just don't. I don't trust Nagy. Respectfully, I just don't trust him anymore.
0: I think that there is an argument to be made for uh, Fields putting more on tape this season than he has. You want to see the progression week to week to week. And you want to see, you know, one of the things that coaches will evaluate, and this would be the incoming coaches how has he pro- pro- progressed on certain points? Uh, Uh, general pass patterns, like an in and out where you got a receiver, you know, going five yards downfield and out. And then you got another one going seven yards downfield and running a slant pattern towards, towards the sideline. So how, how is he, is he getting rid of the ball quicker than he did earlier in his career? Is he reading things correctly? Is he reading where the deep safety is? There are all these little things that no matter what offense is being run that coaches can evaluate those basic because the 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 route tree is the same everywhere no no team has a different route tree than than what the Chicago Bears have been working with it's the same so you want to see where he is progressing on certain basic elements of pro football
2: but then with, with the with the with the ankle injury we're talking about he has torn ligaments so he can't really plant off that stuff like he would do. So he's actually, and a, a it's really eight weeks. It's really eight weeks if you rest the entire time and you're off of it, then it's fully healed. So if he has an ankle sprain right now, he actually will be playing injured. If he he and he could be tough and go for it, Otto, you're absolutely right. Every single thing you said is right, but he wouldn't be able to do those things to the best of his ability anyway, which could also lead to further injury.
1: Yeah, I don't want him playing hurt and you know Tyler you made a really compelling argument and you made me kind of think twice a little bit about that where I'm just like oh maybe it's <laughs> not a terrible idea uh I, I just I, I just feel like even if they go with the and this is why I think they should have fired the coach a couple weeks ago They and they could go with a basic offense where you're done and, and you're in your and your main goal is taking care of the quarterback max protect keeping him upright not trying to do all this crazy stupid crap with five-man protection let your quarterback get killed stuff uh, because you do want to get some extra reps as you go into the offseason going into the offseason thinking I got the most experience I got I, I feel comfortable with the game speed because even the game speed in preseason isn't going to be like the regular season next year but I also understand not wanting to hinder Justin Fields first full offseason as the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears you don't want him limping into June July where he's supposed to be honing his skills and sharpening the right. metal so once again I'm hugging the fence I hate when I do that but I, I think that I, I I would like to see him get a couple, couple reps, a couple more reps in before the end of the season. But on the caveat that if he is even remotely hurt, sore, whatever, and can't move around and can't play to the best of his ability, no, absolutely not.
0: If it's Perfect. if it's good,
2: if, it's good if, if anything would imply Justin Fields not taking first team reps all off season, we should be dead set against it. We should be dead set against it. We don't know who our number of receivers are going to be, it's going to be a new system. We don't want our guy missing that time. We don't. If not not under Nagy's watch. If he gets hurt during the offseason, okay, it happened. I just don't I don't want to think about Nagy next year, guys. That's what I'm trying to say here. I don't want to I don't I don't want any rem- remembrance of like damn Yo, Nagy. <laughs> I,
1: I have not seen Tyler this negative on a person. Ever like like Matt Nagy has done a serious job on Tyler Ellis because I have never seen so Tyler just be so absolutely done with someone in my life. And I thought I was bad, and I thought a lot of people in this network were bad about it. Tyler has gotten to the point where he doesn't even want to say this guy's name anymore. He's like Voldemort for you Harry Potter fans. He who shall not be named is is gonna be Matt Nagy. So I I, I, I can't believe it's gotten to this point.
0: That's amazing. All right, we head over to round three. In March of this year, the Bears were all in for Russell Wilson. Trade proposals were made, and ultimately, Pete Carroll nixed the deal, according to multiple reports. Had the Bears acquired Russell Wilson for this season and beyond, would the Bears be in the playoffs this season? John, you're up.
1: Uh, Honestly, I I don't think so. If I said yes, then that's kind of saying the only thing holding this team back is the quarterback position. And I, and I just can't say that with the holes in the secondary and the offensive line and wide receiver. And I think the ultimate testament is Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this year. I know he was hurt for a period of time, but they're not going to playoffs and he couldn't do enough to beat the Bears with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as the receivers and Nick Foles on the other side. So maybe he's good for one or two wins, but I just can't say that the Bears would be a playoff team or storming into the playoffs with Russell, Russell Wilson right now.
2: Russell Wilson coming to the Bears is like when Michael Jordan went to the Wizards. It was gonna lower his, his career percentage. It would have messed him up because Russell would have got here and he would have said, What is he said, what are these what are these plays? What are we doing? It would have been more harmful than good. First of all, our tackle situation. Russell's used to getting hit, like Seattle always allowed a lot of sacks and everything. But with our rookie with our rookie tackles and just like our, our and just our type of injuries. Russell would have been in a tough situation. And um, no, we, I don't think we'd be in a playoff because this the scheme is still the scheme. We don't play to win. We play down to our competition every freaking game. Like, I was surprised we won this freaking game. I was surprised that we actually showed some grit. Like, it's surprising. I think they went out of spite. Like, right. <laughs> that, that's what I really think because nothing throughout the course of the season showed me that these, they, they came with a game plan to win. It's about, it's about the game plan. I, I would have foresaw Russell Wilson... And Matt Nagy get into an argument because he's like, if Nick Foles was upset at at, at Nagy, what is Russell Wilson going to say? And and on top of that, we would have lost how many first-round picks? I would have been
1: pissed. I'd've yeah, been probably so about upset. three. Mm.
2: So upset. For no reason. Because we because we keep thinking it's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. And it's just like, God, they're they they, they they're pulling wool over our heads. It's not. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive it home I like it. it.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. By all I means. Love it. All right. Let's move on to uh uh round number four because I'm not sure there's much more to discuss about that subject. Here we go. <laughs> Had the Bears defense not blown late fourth quarter leads in weeks nine and eleven, the Bears would be seven and eight right now with the chance to back into the playoffs with maybe a not nine and eight record. Knowing the problems that the Bears have, do you think that had they finished with a 9 and 8 record this season and what would probably be an early playoff exit just like last year, the team would still be looking for a new head coach in 2022? Tyler, you're up.
2: I mean, yeah, Lovie Smith was fired for going 10 and 6. And so we should absolutely yeah, 9 and 8 anything outside of a convincing playoff it's like, how do you want to get into the playoffs? We know we will be an early exit because, like I said, there's not. It's not a culture of winning. Is nobody saying we're going to go to the playoffs? Nobody saying we're going to win a division. Nobody saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. And so it was like, just the whole culture should be uplifted. Nothing about it seems like we should be. They should be looking for a coach no matter what. Um, it, any any more wins give Nagy more room to talk
1: this organization is thinking or what their process is, because it never seems like there is a plan. They kind of just panic mash the buttons like they're playing Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis. They basically just said they needed to see progress at the end of last season, but they never specified what progress is. Is doing the exact same thing as last year progress? Is not getting worse progress? Is drafting a quarterback progress? I think the McCaskies, in the worst way, want to have stability, and they're willing to overlook some things to get to that.
0: You know what what I find interesting is the whole fact that the Bears management would have allowed Ryan Pace to trade so many more assets than they did, you know, for for Justin Fields. It would have taken three first-round draft picks and two veteran players. That's what was reported widely. And if the Bears indeed would have given the green light and maybe they did give the green light to Ryan Pace I think that's just another example of why you would want to replace the chairman and the team president because I don't think I don't know how you would allow that with no offensive line. Like who who was it that said the last says focus on the offensive line and then focus on the offensive line again? Because Russell Wilson would have been running for his life just like he is at Seattle right now. So that you can't draft anybody. (laughs) <laughs> right, he can't draft that right. anybody. So that to me just, you know, hey, it would have been great to have Russell Wilson here with the Chicago Bears, maybe what you should have done was draft him in the second round he was available when you you had a choice chance to pick him up so there was a, there's been chances to pick up quality quarterbacks at the, like Dak Prescott who was drafted in the 4th round and the bears had two picks in the 4th round before Prescott was picked by the cowboys so it's uh it's again i think another indictment on Ryan Pace that uh, you know, we're we're still in this kind of quarterback quandary because we still have no guarantees at all that Justin Fields is going to be who we think he's going to be. But uh, we wish the progress would be a lot faster than it is right now. That's for sure.
1: Well, and that's what this uh, this organization. And you can start with the chairman, the president, the GM, head coach, whatever you want. It just seems like they throw things together on the fly without thinking about how to take care of things on the back end. It's like, oh crap, we need to do this. Uh, how about how about we just uh, throw a bunch of picks at Russell Wilson? That sounds great. Let's go, go do it. Uh, we need to get a quarterback. Uh, Andy Dalton's available. We got 10 million bucks. Yeah, just do it. Who cares? And, and like, it just feels like there's never any foresight on anything it's just like we need this just go ahead and do it it's like panic 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 go ahead green light green light it's like they're it's like they're pitching a show to netflix green light green light green light green light they just like they, they they have everything just hurry up and do it and we'll deal with the repercussions of it later oh void years yeah just get six six years of that we'll pay Danny Trevathan until 2056 that sounds great just whatever we just do it and it's just it it's just seems like everything is done without actually thinking like you're like you're giving the franchise over to a toddler you just do it do what you want to do and we'll deal with the repercussions later.
2: And this and this goes back to my I had a back and forth with um, the guy Briggs on Twitter some weeks ago and this is what I'm talking about when the media doesn't hold the team accountable now they are now now they're putting stuff onto the press but it was like when if you if you don't ask the real questions when the guys are in front of you, then you're 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 letting it slide. You're letting it slide. Ryan Page is going to talk to us during the off season. Ask the real freaking questions. That, but then it's politics. You don't want to lose your press pass. I get it and all the other stuff. But these this is why fans are upset. And then we're all in quicksand together. But then guess what? Shame on you, Bears fans that wanted to trade David Montgomery. Because there was a lot of you on Twitter saying trade David Montgomery. We can get a running back a dime a dozen. You're not stupid. It's just not really smart. Because it is like it it, is, it is like, bro. What are you talking about? Why would you trade away a running back in his rookie deal who's not getting paid a lot of money, and it's hard to get a running back who's not getting injured all the way? He Davis come back and look stronger, for what? For you would have gave you would have traded David Montgomery and all those picks away just to lose. Then we gotta get a new coach, and then it's like it's like we're never. It's like the Red when the Redskins traded for RG three. That's how bad this would have been. It took the Redskins. The Washington team, years to catch, to recoup from that. They didn't have first-round picks for like over three, four years. Now the Redskins, the, the team now has recovered from that because they're not going to think the draft players. Mm-hmm. And so thank goodness that that, that that trade did not go through. But it's about like, but we're all in this nightmare together and we think one magic thing could fix it all, and it's just not. It's mm-hmm. from the top, it's from the top down, at the, but at some point talent, does do something, but without vision of what the team can actually do. Who's giving that vision? I thought Dan was going to come on here. I wanted to debate debate Josh McDaniels. And so, and so I want to debate system because I personally, I'm saying this live on the record, I hope Josh McDaniels gets the head coaching job. I'm saying it. I I, 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 It may be some grabs and things about it. I freaking hope Josh McDaniels gets the head coaching job. I wanted Josh McDaniels before we hired John Fox. I just believe the system. Time break. I, 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 this is our topic. What number are
0: we on? Around <laughs> five now. I don't, I, don't remember, I
1: don't even remember what. I don't even remember what show I'm on anymore. We on? I know <laughs> this is like this is beautiful.
0: <laughs> Tell you what, let's move on to let's round five. Let's talk Roquan Smith. What was the biggest reason he was snubbed for the Pro Bowl this year? Was it? Playing for a team that consistently underperformed on national TV or playing in a conference with really good inside linebackers? Or is there another reason you think he was left off of football's all-star game? John, we'll begin with you.
1: I think it's a mix of all those things. The Pro Bowl is essentially a uh, popularity contest, and even though the Bears get plenty of nationally televised games, they don't tend to perform very well in those games. Also, Roquan isn't a guy that is like a crazy social media personality. So if your team isn't great and you aren't always making headlines and you're not this big established name, casual fans aren't going to look up your numbers or check out your highlights. They're going to check the box by the name that they actually recognize. But truly, it is a travesty that Roquan, Roquan keeps. Keeps getting snubbed i can't stand it
2: guys this is all matt Nagy's fault okay this is this, <laughs> that's it <laughs> it's all Matt Nagy's fault literally the, the fact that when they look at roquan smith they have the head coach next to the player on the vote, and nobody wants to vote for us nobody wants to vote for anything with the bears right now and it sucks because roquan is one of the top as a top five middle linebacker in the league he's sideline to sideline i mean the guy is legit Shame on the fans for not getting him in there. That sucks. I think he was left off the top 100 list something last year as well. And so it's like it just it just continues. He'll get his due. He'll get his due next year. Like I tell you guys, watch. Remember this show. When Nagy's gone, <laughs> when Nagy's gone, everything will be different.
1: I did not anticipate, out of all of the things that we could blame Matt Nagy for, and there's a lot of them. I did not have on my bingo card Roquan Smith missing the brogue Bowl is because of Matt Nagy. That was great.
0: That was great. Yeah, I didn't even expect that one. But why not? Go on. Go
1: on, man. I am not going to stop you.
0: Do it. You could make that connection. I mean, maybe it's the seventh or eighth degree, but you could make that connection because I think one of the biggest problems Roquan Smith was not elected to a pro bowl is because on national TV games, this team sucked. Who's responsible for that? Matt Nagy. And so that tarnished Roquan Smith's uh, 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 visibility on on some of these games, always having to play from behind because the offense sucks. Who? Whose fault is that? Matt Nagy uh, you know having To whatever a lot of it can Point to Matt to Matt Nagy so Tyler made, made a good point there I think
1: You guys are getting into some Zapruder film stuff like, <laughs> like And who does it all come back to <laughs> Matt
0: Nagy Back and to the left Matt Nagy Back into the left Matt Nagy Good stuff guys Alright we're gonna blow through our break Here and run up to uh, What round is it number six (laughs) Robert Quinn might be a trade candidate for the Bears during the offseason on his way to beating Richard Dent's team record for sacks Quinn has resurrected his career after looking like a bust in 2020 now moving Quinn would take about 12 million dollars off the books for next season and could bring to the team some much-needed draft capital should the bears look for a team in need of a premier pass rusher to acquire these building blocks tyler you're up
2: um i don't i'm not in favor of trading trading away pass rushers we know what this but this team looks like without a pass rusher and it's, and it's 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 horrible it's actually disgusting to watch this team without a pass rush please don't make that trade it's 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 horrible um, because you, you're creating a need. Unless we're going to get a first-round pick, and we're not going to get a first-round pick. When we get a second-round pick, I probably doubt it. And so it's like, why? Why do that? Because, honestly, I do like the talent on this team, Aldo and John. And, I, guys, I'm trying to tell you, if our offense was like – if our if our offense it, – oh, it's 30 seconds. Go ahead, James.
1: <laughs> no, go on. But listen, this is this is really hard for me. I totally get the business side of this in the sense that if a new regime comes in and they don't believe this team is a contender right now and they can get a second-round pick for a 32-year-old Robert Quinn, I completely understand wanting to build up your war chest with some draft picks. However, when you are rebuilding, you need to assess who is going to be the leader that helps usher in the new culture and the new era of Chicago Bears football and people like Akeem Hicks aren't going to be here. So maybe Robert Quinn is going to be that constant professional in the room, and those young guys can emulate him.
2: And, and, and so, so, so with that, so with that, John, it's just like it comes back to it comes back to the phone. I just lost my train of thought. It comes back to the to the fact Damn, I just lost my freaking thought. <laughs> it, it'll come. You at know, who, you know, you know why? Because of Matt
1: Nagy. That's yeah.
2: That's <laughs> all I can. It's all I can see in my head. It's all I can see in my head. It's all I can see, I can see is Matt Nagy. <laughs> but but guys, um, with, with Robert Quinn, like. <laughs> we didn't even expect he was an unsung hero. He's an unsung hero. Ryan Pace got we we chastised him for spending all the money, but he was hurt. He was hurt with an ankle. He led Dallas in sacks that year. Let him be. Let let him be. Like look at the Bears offense this year. If our if our offense was this like second tier, we would be competitive. Mm. If if our defense could consistently learn and grow with somewhat of a lead. With somewhat of the yes, the defense messed up sometimes too. Nobody's perfect. We will actually be competitive. It's, it could actually be a crapshoot. Some playoff games are a crapshoot. You don't know who's going to win. It's like, that's, that's, that's what happens when you play good football. But when your offense is, like, that low. So let's just see who our staff, like you said, the new regime. I don't want to get rid of them quick because we can save a lot of money because we're also going to create a need. Yeah. Gibson, is you ready? Like, Quinn has been, like, every – it's like he's getting – he's getting – he's getting there. It's different. It's hard to see that opposite side of our main man, and so we don't know what Khalil Max. Khalil Max. Is. I mean, I love, it. I love Khalil. Bring, bring, bring that back. Bring, bring that back. We're probably going to go younger in our defensive tackle position, and everything. And so, like, let's just bring that back. I'm just hoping that the office can get fixed, and I'm, I'm hoping for something like kind of special next year.
1: Well, to, to that point, real quick is. We've talked about this before. These teams that have great offenses, Kansas City, uh, we talk about the old old Indianapolis teams. Some of of these teams that have done really well, they've had good offenses and middle-of-the-road defenses because that's all it really takes. If you have a really good, high-flying offense that can put up points and you have a decent defense, I'm talking top 15, top 13 defense, you can go pretty far in the playoffs and you can win a championship that way in the way that the NFL is built in the year 2021. If you have an offense that can put up a ton of points and a defense that can make some plays when they need to make some plays, you can go pretty far. And if they have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on the other side of that defense and they can really build up the offense, then they might have something. But the the, the issue you're going to run into is can they build that offense up that quickly where Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are not going to be on the decline by the time the offense finally gets there and they're paying a bunch of money to these guys who are getting into their mid to late thirties. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the high wire act that you got to, that you got to figure out. So let,
0: let me ask you both this and start with you, Tyler to what John is just saying. Do you think that for 2022, what this team needs is a, to start a complete rebuild or Retool. Do you think like uh, Pete Carroll said of, of the Seahawks? All we need to do is retool for next season. We don't need a rebuild. Do you think that the Bears are in that situation where if you retool a few things, they could make it back to the playoffs next season?
2: Well, the difference between us and the Seahawks—they're not going to fire their, their GM. They're <laughs> not firing nobody's. No, they're not firing their GM. Nobody's mad at the president. And so, like that, that they're, they're different situations. They need to do something because this—I mean—it's their first losing—it's their first losing season since Russell Wilson's been in the league. We've been dealing with this forever. <laughs> like, welcome to our life. <laughs> and so, like, two different situations. Do we need to rebuild? We need to—we need to redo our infrastructure as a business, as a business, as a corporation. We need to rebuild our leadership infrastructure. A thousand percent correct with our with our staff. Yes, we need to retool because. What are guys doing? How are we going to win our one-on-ones? It just doesn't make sense. Are we, are we going to win? We have to win our one-on-ones. That's just, that's the that's football period. The coach is going to do so much. Players got to show up. But then they come back to player development. And if the players not being developed, why is he on the team? All these things. Who's holding who accountable? And then next year, a retool. Because we, we got some cool guys. We got some decent guys. But who's, going to be, who's our physical wide receiver who's going to come down across the middle?
1: there there's a lot of things that have to be shook out. And so I think that the NFL has the luxury of being the league where you can go from worst to first, probably the quickest and, uh, and I'm not, and listen, I'm not someone who's going to have a lot of patience where it's like, oh, give it two to three years. I'm done with rebuilds. I'm done with, you know, putting in three to four years and seeing what's happening. I'd be more along the lines of a enhanced retooling because I think that with a new system and a uh, a coach that gets it and can get the most out of the talents in which he has on his team presently, they can they can be a pretty good team. Uh, but there is going to have to be a little finessing when it comes to uh contracts salary caps and what they're going to do as far as personnel because you're gonna i think you're gonna see some vastly different faces or there's going to be some people that you're used to seeing on this team that's not going to be on this team next year i just think that there's going to be uh there's going to be a little bit of a slight overhaul and i i just don't know where that's going to be yet
0: and well, what's that- interesting is that in 2018, Matt Nagy's first season, everybody thought that this was going to be, you know, it's going to take him a couple of years to get into the playoffs. Yet by the end of the regular season, they had beaten the Packers at Soldier Field to clinch the division championship. They went into the playoffs with a lot of hope and actually confidence on the part of Chicago Bears fans that they were going to beat the Eagles. But then things started to fall apart with Trey Burton uh, being a scratch from that game because of some mysterious ailment that he had and uh, the double doink situation and everything just went downhill. Matt Nagy wasn't able to sustain the success he had in his rookie season. So, A recent example does say that maybe a retool could get the uh, Bears back into a playoff situation and maybe even with better results than they had in 2018. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next round, which is number seven. Now, one of the biggest disappointments of the game versus Seattle was the early exit of offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins. With two games to go, the Bears have clearly not seen enough from him to be certain that he is the left tackle of the future. And remember, going into the season, they drafted him and quickly anointed him the left tackle despite not much experience at the position in the college level. So at this point, how certain are you that Jenkins is the left tackle of the future for this team or that the team should prioritize looking for a left tackle for 2022. John, you're
1: up. Well, like you said, we haven't seen very much to this point. And once again, this is where things get kind of sticky. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy may be more inclined to make him work at left tackle because they moved up and they took the guy in the second round. But a new GM and a new head coach may look at the situation and think, this guy's not a left tackle. He's not even a tackle. We're going to move him to guard. I I will say this. The injuries are a little concerning as a rookie that missed a lot of the season because of back surgery and then leaves with a shoulder injury. Not only could this create sporadic holes in the offensive line, it's really hurting his development as well.
2: Um, Absolutely. Um, It, it really depends on who the team going to be. Like John just said, it's it's, it's, it's Ryan's pick. And I like Tevin. And um, it's the, the same. I kind of put him in the same boat with Justin Fields. I want him healthy this offseason. He didn't practice all offseason once he got here. He didn't He didn't practice. The back thing happened, and this is why I kind of want some some bubble wrap around him too. I'm glad he got some reps in. It kind of sucks that he had to exit because he does need to work and everything. But um, if he can just like have a good offseason, actually work out and do some stuff, it can be a drastic improvement. I'm pretty because guys, you got to understand something. With a new head coach means new position coaches, and so yeah. they're gonna that's that's where the retooling comes in on everything and getting a cohesive unit. And I'm pretty sure whoever's coming in here, they know what this market is like. They know what the fans can do. And so there should be some kind of feet to the fire like, hey, bro, here you go. We need to see improvement. We got to see something that we're moving forward. So, therefore, there's. I feel like there will be a sense of urgency. Not that they need to rush everything, but Tevin Jacobs being healthy during a full offseason, practicing in the weight room, I feel like it would be a dramatic difference. The same thing for Justin Fields. Those two are kind of attached to the hip, so to speak. Because it's tough. The guy didn't work out all off season. He's still soft. Like over the course of the season, you, John, you know, like you, your body gets calloused to all the stuff that's going on. Like he, he he's still soft. Like his muscles are, like, res- respectively, just like they have, he hasn't been banged up enough. And so, like, and then which, which sucks because his soft tissue injury, his soft tissues aren't really protected by the hardness of the muscles, which you would normally get throughout the ups and downs of a season. So, hopefully, he's okay. Don't bring him back. I mean, because if, if especially if it's his back, I, I wasn't sure if I could remember if it was his back or if it was his shoulder. But like, I like his aggressiveness. He, he sold me on going after the guy and everything. He protects his quarterback. I mean, I want to see somebody aggressive on my offensive line. I hope he does everything. I hope he is our left tackle. I want the pick to pick the work. Because if it doesn't work, guess what? We don't have that many picks. We don't have yeah. – we, we have too many needs. I don't want something to be wrong. I want something to be right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I did see the comment about bringing back Peters. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? He's he's going to be collecting Social Security by that point. <laughs> but like, he'll be what? Four, he'll be 40? He, like he'll, he'll be 40 years old at that point? May, Correct. Maybe, maybe you get him on a one-year deal. But uh, if you're – once again – and I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep hammering this away. A new GM and a new head coach may say, if we're retooling or rebuilding, do we want to go after a 40-year-old left tackle, or do we want to? See, or do we want to see what we can build for the future. Uh, so that's why I think Tevin Jenkins is going to get a lot of play at some position next year, whether it's going to be left tackle, right tackle, guard, whatever they're going to do. Right. I think that they are going to cement him in somewhere and say. This you're gonna be our guy until you're not our guy because they they spent a lot of draft capital on this guy. Uh I just my biggest fear is the durability. I I don't wanna I don't wanna constantly see a cue beside his name leading up to the game where you just don't you're not sure if he's gonna play every week. I I just that's that's not good for anybody's continuity, or that's not good for the gelling of the line. You just hope that he can be durable as he goes by. And you could not have asked for a worse rookie season where a guy Mm -hmm. misses basically all of training camp. Uh, does miss all of training camp, uh, has surgery, comes back, gets hurt again. And so uh, not only is are you not, are you uh, you know, you're getting injured, but you're really lacking in the development department because you're not getting the reps and you're not getting the NFL experience you need. He'll basically be a rookie again next year if he doesn't play the rest of the game, the rest of the season. He'll mm-hmm. basically be his redshirt season. So uh, you, I, my biggest concern is the durability.
0: Yeah, add to that that he's got seven penalties and is, I think, second in the league with penalties. Uh, yeah, that's not an auspicious debut for the young tackle but uh, we wish him the best and hopefully he can get on the field for these last two games all right let's move to round eight Kyle Fuller has started only eight games for the Denver Broncos this season he's considered a bust in Denver was the release of Fuller by Ryan Pace a win for the general manager or did he goof up by not retaining him Tyler we start with you
2: it's a, slippery, it's a slippery slope. I know we needed, like you said, when you talk about the ten million dollars for Dalton, that could have went to Fuller, because Fuller was cool. He was our, we, I mean, before Tillman, like Fuller was that guy, like he was consistent. Um, how much, how much cap did we save this year from it? I don't know, but all I know is when Fuller left, we had no DBs. When Fuller left, we had maybe four DBs, five DBs in, that, in the winter time, and so it's it could go either way, but um, it definitely didn't work out in Denver. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you're reading my mind, Tyler. This gets back to what I said earlier about it seeming like the Bears make decisions on the fly with no real plan. If you want to say the Bears dodged a bullet by letting Kyle Fuller go, I guess you can make that case, even though no one knows how he actually would have played beside Jalen Johnson this year. But... What was the contingency plan? Oh, yeah, big win for Ryan Pace, not bringing back Kyle Fuller. He really struck gold on that Kindle, or Artie Burns, Xavier Crawford plan. So I guess the most he can get is 50% credit on this. But while if this was the plan the whole time, they really didn't think about the back end of it. (laughs)
0: It's very, very true. I mean, I I think that's kind of an interesting, you know, case study of the, you know, a a portion of the case study of Ryan Pace's tenure here. Does he get credit for making that move and having foresight and maybe thinking, you know, he's not going to be worth $10 million next season. Let's let him go. Uh, Or, you know, maybe he would have continued to play at the high level he played with the Chicago Bears and you would have uh, uh, let Jimmy Graham go, who has scored three touchdowns this season. Uh, but really, you know, he probably shouldn't even be in the field at all. Just what Horstead should be. And uh, so it's it's kind of an interesting thought there with, with uh, our, our guy there, Kyle Fuller. All right, guys, uh, if you have nothing further, we'll move on to uh, round number nine. Here it comes. The Bears will play their final home game Sunday against the Giants it's a good bet that the Fire Nagy chants will be cascading down onto the field from the fans. At this point, should fans just lay off of Nagy, or should they send an exclamation point to the organization by continuing their Fire Nagy chants? John, you're up.
1: It's incredible, and I say this with the utmost sincerity, that Matt Nagy has somehow became a sympathetic a sympathetic figure to some fans. By, uh, but by not firing him, the Bears are allowing this to continue. I think a lot of people chanting Fire Nagy are doing that more towards the organization and not Matt Nagy himself. I'm not saying that's nice or appropriate, but that's just the way she goes. But when Ian Rappaport tweets out that no final decision has been made about Matt Nagy's future... Fans are definitely just going to get more enraged, and they're going to yell much, much louder because there's still a weird level of uncertainty, even though we all think we know what's going to happen.
2: Exactly, John, and it's it's that thought right there that concerns me—the fact that, yo, what if they bring them back, bro? Like legit. Oh, like what if they, what if they freaking bring them back? Like, I'm I, I don't even know what I would do. I don't even. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I would do guys. I'm thinking about it because I can't trust, I can't trust my front office to do what they're gonna do. We talked about negligence, we talked about malpractice, but it would just be, it would be disrespectful. John, you talked about these players and the short life of my, um, the, the, the players, the stars. Khalil, we Khalil Mack, we got Khalil Mack on our freaking team. Top two pass rusher, top five pass rusher all time, all that stuff, and it's like, bro, can we get this guy to a playoff game consistently? Can we get him there? And this is about like, yo, this, this should be no excuse. I mean, the, the leadership is fumbling all over the place. This is what happens when you don't, it, it seems like you don't have alpha male tendencies to be around. And I like Ryan Pace because he's kind of fit, whatever. And, but he's like, he just show he doesn't talk to the media throughout the course of the week. If I was a GM of the team, I would, it, it's like, you could deescalate a lot of issues. If you just had communication, you have anxiety because we lack clarity. And when, when you lack clarity, we make up our own opinions, and that's when you have like this this stuff come up and parent, and we're just freaking out because I I can't get excited about a new head coach John because I don't believe they're gonna fire him. <laughs>
1: well, T- Tyler and Aldo, let me ask you this: Tyler, you're an entrepreneur. Aldo, you've been you've worked in a number of different industries. What other industry could you run like the McCaskies run like the Chicago Bears in the industry of printing money, which is the NFL? Mm-hmm. what other industry could you run it like this where you're not really confrontational? You, you really miss on a lot of big decisions, 40 years of not turning a profit, so to speak. Uh, what other industry could you get away running a, running a, a business like this and, and still be there?
0: Well, I hate to sound political about this, but that, that is kind of a tendency we see with a lot of heirs two fortunes you know the heirs come in and because they started off with a silver spoon they are they inherit this level of responsibility but really have no idea how their father or mother or whoever built the organization and they they step in and sometimes they have good ideas and sometimes they're successful but a lot of times they end up screwing the the thing and in this case the bears are still making tons of money and the hallis family mccaskey family is very very rich but the success part, the part that impacts us fans the most, they've been a terrible failure.
2: Freaking Aaron Rodgers, yo. Freaking Aaron Rodgers coming in and saying he freaking owns it, bro. Like, yo, that should be enough to get over your damn ego. Get over your damn ego. I don't know. What I'm doing. I need some help. Help me. Call Kevin Hart. Tell Kevin Hart to come coach the damn team because they don't know what they're doing. I'd rather have the, Dwayne, the rock Johnson come coach the damn team. Something. <laughs> Something, I guarantee, yo, the, the fans the, the fans will be cheering for the Rock, for GM. It, it, it's, it's that much of a circus. It's that much of a circus. I don't know. That was a very great point because that was the only thing I could have thought of because it's that's the difference, the football mindset versus somebody who was handing it for somebody who worked for it. Because, like, I, I mean, I would trust John. I would trust either one of you guys as a GM because we will operate like, yo, if I don't do my job, I'm going to get fired. When the Bears lose, I'm like, okay. I know they don't want to lose because you're going to get fired. So I would think you would want to get better. That's what I was thinking.
0: (laughs) That is good stuff. (laughs) That is such good stuff. All right, let's move on now to round the number 10 and finish this baby off. (laughs) The last time the two highest-ranking members of the Bears organization, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, faced the media was January 13th. Do you think that these two have an obligation to address questions from the media and talk about fans' concerns during the season and more than once a year? Or does it matter, given that they say they have nothing to do with football operations? Tyler, start off our final round.
2: Yeah. I literally had the same argument with Brad Briggs again because they pick and choose when the fans are important. When it's time for a photo op, the fans are everything. But when it comes to stuff like that, they don't matter. I mean, most of the time because a lot of people are probably liquored up and their emotions. But like, is that is that better or worse than what the bears are doing? The bears are doing it sober. They're doing this sober. So like the damn fans should get some like some some leeway. Or I don't know, make them make it a public traded company or something. I don't know, man. It just it just freaking sucks.
1: Oh, this is very strategic behavior. They try to distance themselves so much from football operations during their interviews because they don't want it to appear that they're the ones that are making all the mistakes. George comes out and says, Ted doesn't meddle in football operations, even though a report came out this year that Ted might step away some, from, from some football operations. It matters to them because they'd rather be silent and have everyone assume they're the problem than open their mouths and prove it. So even if we think they should talk more, they probably will Won't talk
0: more. Yeah, it's it's. You're absolutely right, guys. You know, the fact of matter is, I think the fans deserve a little bit more communication from, as you guys mentioned, uh, general manager Ryan Pace during the season. Clearly, he's been hiding on purpose. Uh, This isn't, you know, some master strategy. He just doesn't want to be held accountable by the media or fans. And then when George McCaskey and, and Ted Phillips hide, it's just not a good look for an organization. These fans deserve more, and they're just not getting it from George McCaskey on down. And I have wondered what it will take for the Bears to perhaps oust George McCaskey from the chairmanship of the Chicago Bears while well, it takes a majority of votes from the board of directors a number of those people on the board of directors are McCaskey family members. So unless they think their brother or uncle or whoever, or however George is related to them, is really, really putrid at the job, he probably is going to stay there for a, a, several more years. Sad.
2: If they get the right coach, if they if they get if they luck up, if they luck up, because I know they're not going to pick the right coach, they're going to get we're going to get lucky. I'm praying that we get lucky, guys. That's what mm-hmm. I'm praying for. I'm praying we get a coach who has full control of the team. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and and that and with that coat, if they get lucky, that's the only way that's gonna happen, because everything else is not up to us. It's the politics. We don't know, and we have to just hope that the football minds when they go into practice, there's somebody with a Rex Ryan persona and a Bill Belichick execution that's gonna happen. That's like a perfect storm that we can. That I don't know where it's gonna come from, how it's gonna go, but like that's the only thing we can actually hope for that the coach the way we need they they need wins to cover up what's really there and that's that's really all this is everything is a big big band-aid on the major problems out of that you just said well
1: a a quick point is that uh a national radio host i won't mention who it was but uh, brought up a point that we have been making for years, and I know that I have been making for years, and it's starting to leak into the national spotlight now that the Bears, their best ploy, their best marketing scheme is to keep selling the 85 Bears. They are or keep selling the history of the Chicago Bears, where it's just uh, Bears fans are trying, they, they try to program you to be nostalgic. Think about Butkus, think about Singletary, think about Walter Payton and Gale Sayers. And remember the Super Bowl shuffle. Remember all those great times in the eighties and in, the, you know, that George Halas and the, all those, uh, all those, uh, you know, world titles in the 1940s that the, the bears tried to program their fans to be utterly nostalgic about things that happened a, a half century ago. And so, and finally that's hitting the national media where they're like, you know what? They really do just sell that whole, you know, remember 1985 thing a lot because in the last forty years, there's not much to be Super Bowl shuffling about. So it's finally hitting the national eyes that you know what this is what the Bears have been doing. And so hopefully, hopefully, because we know that fan pressure only does so much. They're they're gonna make they're gonna make money hand over fist regardless of what fans say or if they're if, you know ten thousand people don't show up. It's the optics of things it's the media coverage on things it's how they're put in the light of things they're not worried so much about losing money as much as they are about being a national embarrassment so to speak so if you can if they if that finally gets to the pressure a little bit then you're going to see wholesale changes in the organization but until that time comes like you said Tyler the best we can do is hope that we luck out with the with the head coach. Hope that we luck out with uh, because we don't really trust those people to make the right decision. Let's just hope we luck out. That the, they they the I know that the Bears want stability in the worst way. They want their Mike Tomlin. They want their Bill Belichick. They want their guy that's going to be there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, you know, not have one or two losing seasons. They're gonna be the stalwart. They're gonna be the figurehead. They're gonna be the person that is that you can most rely on in that organization. The head coach will be there. They want their Mike Ditka. They want their George Halas. But the problem is, you have to find the right one, and I think that's why they're they're they seem to be giving such a long leash to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy because they want that stability. They want though, that GM head coach tandem is going to be there for two Mm -hmm. decades. But yeah, when you, when you look at it and say, do you want that for just do you? Do you want that for one more year, even let alone a decade? Do you want that even for another season? And the, you know, most people looking at this say, absolutely not. Then it's, then it's, then it's time to make some wholesale changes. Right.
0: Guys. Um, Well, let's leave with this question for you guys. Uh, Lots of chatter in the chat room about which head coach the Chicago Bears should bring in. Should they bring in Gene Hackman from the movie The Replacements or Al Pacino from on any given Sunday? Which of these two head coaches, movie head coaches, would you prefer to see with the Chicago Bears? (laughs)
1: If Hackman can bring Shane Falco, then
2: yeah.
1: Nice, <laughs> <laughs> but if, but yeah. if you get Pacino and Willie Beeman, I, I, I say, know. oh, that, that's a hard, that's a hard yeah, tandem yeah. to beat, man.
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah. i saw somebody at a bears game wearing a willie beaman sh- uh, jersey and i was like that is cool man i gotta get me one of those mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks so sweet both
1: will give great great halftime speeches you give, you know, <laughs> that, it just doesn't is- matter either one of them will give a great halftime yeah. speech i'm more i'm more inclined i'm more of a pacino fan myself but that you know that just that makes <laughs> sense but <laughs> because he's gonna <laughs> scream at you no matter what so i'm uh <laughs> yeah, right. just give, give, give me pacino if, if, if but he's uh I don't know. I don't know. They're both probably in their 80s now.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, actually, I think Gene is like really close to uh, passing on. So uh, our best mm. uh, of luck to Gene on a day where we've lost uh, a couple of people That uh, We know and respect Uh, John Madden, the Hall of Famer, somebody we all grew up to listening broadcast games. Some people as old as me actually got to see him coach in the Super Bowl uh, via TV, of course, and uh, Jeff Dickerson was an outstanding uh, reporter on the Chicago Bears for ESPN and on the radio. Uh, our condolences to everyone involved. Guys, uh, let's go around the horn real quick and uh, promote whatever you like or share a final thought. Uh, John, you always complain that you don't like following Tyler Ellis on this portion of the show, so we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, because I, I always feel like a jackass after that. Tyler's like <laughs> Tyler's saving the world, feeding everybody, and like making an like actual impact in society. And I'm just like, hey, you guys should check out my podcast. And so, uh, so uh, yeah, let me go first this time. Uh, we, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning into this, whether it's live or in the podcast version, video version, audio version. We know it ain't easy to keep listening to content about the Bears whenever they keep doing the same thing. Not just week after week, but year after year. So, you guys are the real heroes that just keep coming back for more. And, uh, you know, without you guys here, we sure as hell wouldn't be doing this. So, we appreciate each and every one of you. phone 55 will be on tomorrow. We'll break down that daunting matchup with the New York Giants. We're going to get into some more fun talk about the Giants and Bears. There's not a whole lot of analytics to go over. They're both bad teams. So, we're going to make that, we're going to try to make that as fun as possible. Obviously, Danny Shimon will have some tape to break down this week on Bear Truth. Dan Ronaldo, uh, you know, I, I think they're on right after us tonight night uh valdo correct me if i'm wrong uh but i believe you guys are on uh after us and then uh bear football right after the bears game against the giants they finally have a noon game for the for the first time in a month they're not on national tv or a late game so uh it's nice to you know get back into that routine where you get really ticked off early in the day and then you have the rest of the day to yourself so uh and then of course greg gabriel mike north all those guys holding it down bears blackhawks uh um coverage as well barroom network 365 seven. There's always something new on this network, so check it out. Appreciate everyone uh, tuning in tonight. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow.
2: Um, good night, Bears Nation. I really don't have anything. That's all. Sorry. Uh, oh, sure. Be- <laughs> oh sure.
1: <laughs> oh sure. You don't have anything to say.
2: i wanted to mess with you, job, But no, seriously, I don't got much. But besides that, like I can't wait for this to be over. Um keep rocking, keep following the Bulls and everything. Barroom Network is – it's it's about the network. It is therapeutic. This is fun. We do enjoy this. Um, we, we, we pray things get better. But one thing about the um, the Gene Hackman and Pacino, both of those coaches wanted to win, and that's something that really sticks to me. Both of those coaches actually yelled at their GM manager because they want to play the guy. They wanted to play because they want to win the game, even when they didn't want them to. And so, like – and it's funny because those are fictional freaking characters – that have more grit than our freaking head coach, and I'm gonna just leave with saying this: Matt Nagy, you freaking suck! <laughs> man, he went
1: uh, in on him tonight. He absolutely
2: oh, went <laughs> in on Matt Nagy. I I respect him as a man, but like, bro, I'm just really just I'm, I'm I'm really done. I'm really done with the football terms. And because the, John, they're playing this game. You guys talked about the 85 Bears. They don't even promote hits anymore. In the NFL. So it's not even like you can't even get the full 85 effect of it. I'm just really just done with it because like the wool has been pulled over our eyes. But besides that, Barroom Network, we got tons of coverage coming at your way. No matter when, lose, or draw, we got something coming your way. Um, Besides that, I'll know. Uh, we'll see you all on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we'll see you on Sunday, guys, for a Bear football immediately after the Bears-Giants game. And uh, the Dan and Aldo show begins at 9 p.m. Central, a little later, start to accommodate Dan's schedule. But we will be going very late tonight. Uh, Dan took the day off, so we can go over a three, four-hour love fest. <laughs> I don't want to go that long, <laughs> but we'll see. So, anyway, for Tyler Ellis, John Buffone, and all of us here at the Barroom Network, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.